0: We're back no longer live, and I couldn't be happier about it. We're less inebriated, and Kevin has all the necessary equipment to record a podcast. As we inch ever closer to sports, we're going to talk about the week that was and what you can expect from us going forward. Oh, and of course, we're going to answer your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man who has drawn comparisons to Johnny Carson, Bob Barker, Barbara Walters, and even Carson Daly. That's Kevin Grek. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? In our penultimate season one episode. Oh, we're drawing oh, wait. the curtain back. Huh? not not necessarily we're going we're going to run it out a little bit long the penultimate on a year oh. the penultimate anniversary
1: you you tease season 2 like that and then you just take it right back from, our, I, I, from our I forgot
0: I forgot our very long production meeting
2: that's so
1: mean that's so mean you're a monster Oh, season 2 is upcoming Jensen and dolls i know that you guys have all been on the edge of your seat about that nobody will
0: they be cares. renewed will they not
1: nobody cares <laughs> <laughs>
0: um greg we are here uh sans alex plum uh but uh the show will go on i think we have a handful of plum related questions
3: great in the twitters
0: we'll <laughs> i wonder if that's a pun on his name uh he is not heard i'm sure never heard it Um, Of course folks uh, Thank you as always for listening to the show Uh, If you're a first time listener Welcome Uh, If you suffered through last week And came back again You're our kind of people Uh, Please though if we could indulge you in a favor uh, Please share the pod With the fellow Spartans in your life Follow us in the old twitter machine At Spartan underscore pod And of course rate, review, and subscribe to the show Greg. Uh, for maybe the uninitiated uh, or those who <laughs> were fully jarred from last week, do you want to let people know what a normal uh, can't read, can't write episode looks like?
1: Sure, Jonesy. It's easy. First up, Greenwall. We talk sports on campus, football, basketball, apparently on this sheet it says covid masks we'll talk that too then we go off grand river we talk about sports happening across the country or the globe if that's relevant it's not i'm looking at the list right here we're not talking about anything global then we're going to have a not a sponsor then we're going to take your twitter questions and dom's back dom's right at the top oh yes. papa papa bear is back he comes into our life he leaves again i feel like I feel like, you know, the sisters in Pride and Prejudice when Papa like comes home um, and it's, wow. you know, he's like wow. a, a character, you know? He's wow. been here since the beginning, but he disappears for long portions of time and apparently he's back. He's right at the top. So uh, uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the show.
0: <laughs> I just want to be clear that you wanted to roll with a Jane Austen uh, reference. Yeah, on... right
1: off the top. I don't okay. even know if it's a good
2: one
0: i i mean it all right uh and of course we're gonna have a no dumb questions just dumb podcasts uh, section where we'll get into that a little bit
1: later but uh but- i can also be a dumb host i have to do a retraction because uh certain uh uh elements of our listenership have been bothering me about this two weeks ago i accidentally said uh tubby smith when i should have said lovey smith uh so i apologize for that mm,
2: well and i didn't I mean, just accidentally
1: say it once i apparently said it multiple times but
0: that i didn't I do, catch you on that i do feel bad about i will yeah. also issue a uh retraction in abstention in, in abstention.
1: maybe yeah sort of?
0: let's be clear this was Jonesy's fault the entire yeah. time that's fair um, all right, so we'll head behind the green wall first, uh, where we're gonna lead with the sport that you know always leads that is the football, the Spartan football um greg it's it's sort of it's funny we've gone weeks, months with having to make up a sports show with no sports, and for the first time, it sort of feels like maybe. Unless we went dumpster diving for
1: content, there's not a lot of football to say other than practice is finally happening. Well, it's a good thing that over those weeks we produced so much podcast content, <laughs> and we went so thin with it. Uh, yeah, practice is, practice is going. Practice yeah. is, is on its way. Uh, how does that make you feel, Jonesy?
0: Good. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited, uh, you know, uh, on Wednesday, MSU will start its first full pads practice. Uh, this will be the first time since December an MSU football team has had all of its pads on for practice. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's weird, you know, obviously the weather's starting to turn, the leaves are starting to turn. Um, but it feels like falls back. It does. And I, I know I'm going to catch some flack for this. I'm sure you will hear more of it than me, but we've got a sports podcast to do, so we got to talk some sports. So I'm I'm fully embracing it. It would be weird to have a Michigan State sports podcast and not be excited that Michigan State's about ready to play some sports.
1: Yeah, should we acknowledge that as well? So for for the listenership that that does not actively engage us on on Twitter, uh, we have been for you. Yes. First off, stay off Twitter. It is a vile place. Second off, uh, we have been getting some pushback. And again, I addressed this last week and apparently didn't do a great job of it. We appreciate very much uh, that you're keeping us in check. Uh, but there there is a portion of our listenership that is disappointed that the Big Ten has decided to continue to play football. And Jonesy, we briefly talked about this before we hit record. Uh, is there something that you want to make sure that we all understand from your perspective uh, on this?
0: Mm, my impulse is to say something very aggressive right now. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Go that's what it. you were teeing me up for. Oh, no, do it. Look, Howard, we're, we're a Michigan State podcast and Michigan State's about ready to play sports. What do you want us to do? not watch, not talk about it.
3: And also life is really rough for people. Depending on your perspective on things, it's really,
0: really rough for people right now. I think we got into it a lot last week. I actually was it, enjoyed having sort of a healthy dialogue um, and debate between us. Oftentimes we're kind of sort of monolithic in our opinions. And... I'm amped for football. And uh, if you want to be pissed that that the big 10 is able to buy a bunch of tests, you should be just don't be pissed at the big 10. End of rant.
1: My position on this and and plums position on this was on the, was on the other side, the pendulum swings the other way where uh, that's why
0: he's no longer here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He got, the pendulum took care of him, if you know what I mean. Uh, no, he'll be back next week. And in fact, um, we're worse for him not being here. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> my my position is a little bit more temperate than that. It's that this is hardly the first time there's been an unjust allocation of resources, and it's hardly the last. So uh, if- Nope, we agree on that. Uh, in an ideal world, sure. Every teacher would have access to one of those- Amazing tests, and we could just frock frolic through the meadow um and be COVID-free. But there are market realities, and those include that, you know, a big moneyed academic institutions are able to get some of these tests, perhaps maybe even at the expense of others. And this is how they have chosen to allocate them. So uh there will be football but it is also not (laughs) perfect football uh as uh as we might get to
0: um yeah and and i think i i I guess i think the thing we're gonna probably talk about this in uh in twitter questions a little bit more if anyone else wants to give us any amount of flack for our opinions on this we will you get one more week and then we are moving on (laughs) fully into sports are happening The world's rough. Deal with it.
1: (laughs) Jonesy's not a monolith. Keep giving us flack if we deserve it. Oh, Uh, yeah. No, I'm just
0: talking about the COVID tests. You can give us flack for a variety of things. If you decide
1: that's something you still want to do, that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. That doesn't bother me either. Uh, I will point (laughs) out, though, that we had previously said in the podcast that things have to change And we are in a situation similar to what we had speculated spring might look like where there is wider testing available and uh, faster testing available. So is it a perfect distribution of those tests? No, certainly not. But there are mechanisms now that make football easier to play. And that's my position. Anything you want to say before we move on?
0: No, we got some tangential things that we'll touch on later on, but we can move on from that. It was a lively debate. We're happy we had it, and we we enjoy that you all were engaged with us, even if some of you hold opinions that I do not respect.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> even if some of you are fools. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, we, yeah. So, Greg, football is happening. They're about ready to breathe all over each other being fully cleared with some rapid uh, testing and um, Tucker has talked about coach Mel Tucker. That is a uh, head coach of the Michigan state Spartans has talked about uh, the team and what he's seen. And we have mentioned on the pod that one of the things that made Michigan state different than some of its uh, big 10 brethren mm-hmm. is that when the season was shut down five ish weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, they headed straight back to the weight room straight yeah. back to strength and conditioning they and
1: treated it like it was uh the off season
2: effectively. right
0: yeah they, that we're gonna roll with the same if if college football comes back we will have the same or nearly the same ramp up period we likely would have had if a traditional season would have happened so why don't we just get in, in the best possible shape um mm-hmm. so what i want to sort of Point uh, to you to see what your thoughts are is first, you know, Mel Tucker has said he seems pretty thrilled that that's what they did. Um, Says the team appears to be in much better shape. And then secondly, we're getting feedback from the players. Talking about the sort of instructional difference, the pedagogical differences, if you will, between. Um,
1: that plum wasn't on this week.
0: <laughs> that the The new strength and conditioning coach uh, in Jason Novak in that he's really talking to the players about like, Hey, I'm making you do this drill, but I want you to know why you're doing
1: it. Yeah. The why seems to be uh, a huge motivator.
2: motivator. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and of course, Ken Manny is, is an institution and and we certainly appreciate all that uh, that he's done. But if we've, I think if we've learned anything uh, as MSU fans in the last five years, it's that even well-respected institutions can stand to have a bit of a refresh after a bit. And it seems now on the other side, let's be honest, Mel Tucker is not going to be like, oh man, my first big choice as a head football coach. I made the wrong one. We really should have stuck to the playbook on this one. That was a huge mistake. Like he's not going to go to the, (laughs) to the media with that. Like, Oh guys, I really put my foot in it on this one. Probably should have had him running routes. You know, of course this is what he's going to say, but the players themselves are also saying that this new, and Jason Novak is a more recent addition to the, to the coaching staff. Than the other assistant coaches, uh, yes. Right, he was the last yep. one. One of the last ones to arrive. One on campus. of the last ones for sure. Yeah. So, you know, the guys get you know a new shot of uh, of inspo, and uh, Mel at least inspo. Uh, on the, sure, uh, that's what I chose.
2: All right.
1: You know, some of that, us have to be that. That you know, that sounds like so a a
0: new that. insulin medication
1: it's not get with it uh some of us have to keep up the mantle around here but uh we'll see i mean that not that this is going to be an indicator of a season this is a write-off of of a season that we're misallocating these tests for but uh, we'll see all for Ohio
0: state's benefit
1: yep we'll see whose uh off the field decisions uh yield the most fruit
0: yeah if anyone wants to be mad at someone, really be mad at Ryan Day. That's in those eyebrows. Yeah,
1: I'm um, about the eyebrows, though. Yeah, entirely about the eyebrows.
0: So uh, let's let's talk basketball uh, briefly. And there's not a ton of news here. Other than I think the the biggest announcement was that the ACC Big Ten. Um, why does it say championship? Why did I write championship? You but know what I'm challenge challenge that's the word i meant to write the acc big 10 challenge uh will be played on campuses which is kind of interesting to me uh given the disparate um
3: ways i mean there's been so school, much
0: those states are handling COVID,
1: and there's been so much bubble fever Like everything that we know about college basketball to date in terms of scheduling has been bubble based. I think this is the first confirmation that we've had that, in fact, there will be some games played on campus. I think we had been speculating that they might bubble the teams, the Big Ten might bubble the teams in Indianapolis or Chicago or East Lansing or Saginaw or whatever, you know, wherever they end up. But this is the first time that we've actually heard they are playing on campus. So there's going to be MSU's going to play, I guess, at least one game in front of an empty house, either in Breslin or uh, we'll see how the scheduling makes its uh, makes its way through either in Breslin or on the road somewhere. So that's kind of weird. But this this was a big announcement, I thought, of yeah. indicating where they're headed, because this tells us that maybe the whole big 10 season will be on campuses.
0: Yeah. I I think that largely is going to be, I would imagine it's a reflection on uh, a reflection of rather um, whether students are on campus. Well, though? I don't know. I mean, how I don't know that many of the big 10 schools have actually other than Michigan state have any, has anyone other than Michigan state said we're doing all virtual learning?
1: Uh,
3: Oh wait, Rutgers? Question? Of course Rutgers? they have. Of course they have. I thought there was more than one.
1: Uh, I could be wrong. Certainly MSU is the only one in, in the state of the Big Ten. Yes. But, uh, um, I, I should know that, but I don't. For some reason, I remember hearing that we had some Big Ten solidarity from a place that we didn't expect on this subject.
0: Uh, Rutgers has largely been pretty good in their COVID response, if I'm remembering correctly. But that may largely be a reflection of the fact that uh, the state of New Jersey, you know, kind of got hit hard and early with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so didn't really mess around and hasn't really messed around for the most part since. Um. Anyway, uh, the 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 note on the outline that says COVID masks uh, is that there's an ongoing regulation in the state of Michigan requiring athletes to play with a mask, and uh, that Tom Izzo indeed is an advocate for such. Hmm. Um, do you anticipate football played in the state of Michigan will be played with masks, or do you think the Big Ten will just kind of say, screw it, and come and get us if you
1: want? I don't think the Big Ten's going to say, screw it. Well, I think you know it's-
3: They're gonna abide by it. Is that a is that a
0: hot take? No, but I don't know that it was a hot take to be had here. I mean, the Um, hot take
1: would be like, yeah, we get Gretchen Whitmer and her and her overreach. You know, trying to make us wear masks forever. You know, this is all part of her just wanting us to always have to wear masks.
0: That that Um, is the that's the deep state plot.
1: Yep. That's what Q told me. Um,
0: they're, they're spotting the sheep right now.
1: JFK Jr. is actually going to come out at halftime and remove everyone's masks. Um,
0: <laughs> will, will he arrive from a plane?
1: He's going to land. Finally. He's going <laughs> to land at the 50-yard line.
0: Oh, I think we just lost a listener. Uh, Bro,
1: the, case, we've, <laughs> we've discouraged people from looking up QAnon. But do know if, if you aren't aware of QAnon, a big portion of it is that JFK Jr. didn't die. Then in fact, he went underground to reveal a huge plot within the government. This is the type of stuff that is going mainstream. And in fact, there are Congress people that are gonna be voted on in several weeks that seem to believe this stuff.
3: The we're Democratic not a pedophile cabal.
1: Yeah. We're not, a, we're not a political podcast, but that is crazy. So <laughs> yes,
0: right. I draw yes. a line there. Uh, all right. Well, Greg, let's head off Grand River. And I think um, let's lead with uh, what I've dubbed Houston. We have a problem. Um, nice. The University of Houston. Yeah. Great writing. Thank yeah, you.
1: Really good. No way to really stretch it on that one. Like uh, you don't want to take the low hanging fruit, you know. You want to reach past that. Here, um, you, know, you his, know what you I'll have. Here, continue.
0: I'll I'll sit here and wait while you come up with something better. We'll just we'll just cut this. We got time, right? We're running ahead yeah. of schedule for the first time in a long time. So
1: go ahead. What do you got? No, don't don't mess up our momentum. <laughs> continue, Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> so, um, you know,
0: <laughs> going back to all the flack the Big Ten got for canceling, and then now all the flack they've gotten for coming back. But the, the, the piece that we've said all along and that, that really seemed to escape escape media personalities or writers, even locally, for really understanding what changed why the big 10 said there's no way we can commit to doing this and it's it's irresponsible to just keep pushing it back um versus the the other you know the then the comeback of like we're going to do this now mm-hmm. and the thing that we've been saying all along is daily testing the ability mm-hmm. to do cheap quick turnaround and accurate daily testing is is the only thing that makes this
3: possible
2: okay
3: and so Houston, uh, who I believe is in the AAC. um,
0: They have uh, uh, their schedule so far who they went ahead full bore, no changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Their first game was September 3rd versus Rice. Uh, It was postponed by Rice. Uh, Their next game was uh, September 12th versus uh, Washington State. Uh, That was canceled because of the Pac-12 decision. Uh, Then September 18th was against Memphis, which was postponed because of a Memphis outbreak. And then uh, September 19th against Baylor because they switched days because obviously they weren't going to play two days in a row um, was postponed because of a Baylor outbreak. And then they had a nine 26 game against North Texas, which was, Canceled by North Texas, they will next attempt to play football on October eighth. Their whole season season has been canceled or postponed. I mean, like I know there's a long way of getting to the punchline, but it's worth mentioning that they went into this, and Houston is a sure is an outlier, but like I think a quarter to a third of all FBS games have been canceled or rescheduled at this point in time.
1: That's insane. It's not an unexpected outcome that <laughs> I mean. No. <laughs> but it, but it, but it
0: is objectively crazy, right? Like I mean It is. Yeah.
1: It is for sure.
0: You're you're providing great commentary. Uh,
1: this is—I don't know what you want from me, Uh, Houston. We have a problem. Um, Other films that uh, reference Houston include uh, Rollerball from 1975. That—that's the one. That's the Thunderdome one. Um, Airplane Two, the sequel, that was set in Houston. So that's—that's good. Uh, We could have made references to any of those, but. Uh we uh yeah I mean th- this is going to happen in the Big 10 too. There're going to be games and thus there that whole that whole alignment at the end of the season in week 9 where the top seeds in east and the west play each other. Those games are going to be affected by games that were canceled or postponed. There is no postponement in the Big 10 schedule by the way. There's no there there's no looking back there's no bye week so the games are either going to get played or they're not going to get played there's the hot take and uh <laughs> and there are going to be outcomes affected
3: by covid cancellations which are going to happen in the big 10 sidekicks 1992 also a <laughs> film set in houston that's a all good right one.
0: Let's, uh, let's move along. We're going to talk uh, very briefly about the NFL, mm-hmm. which is not on the outline at all. Great. But the NFL has fined, uh, as of week two, three head coaches. Uh, Denver's coach, Seattle's coach, and San Francisco's coach. $100,000 each for not wearing a mask on Sunday. Great. And each of their teams an additional quarter million dollars. What do you think?
1: Good.
3: That's dumb. That should happen. Is there another side to this argument? No. Uh, how does Patrick Mahomes have so many
0: fantasy points right All now? All right,
1: we agreed that you weren't <laughs> going to talk about fantasy football. We also agreed that we'd make some other attempt to reference uh, Houston and popular culture, and I would point out that the TV show sitcom Reba – took place entirely in Houston though it was filmed in Los Angeles and you could have you know made a reference to that but no it's always Apollo 13 uh, no what is the what is the other side of this argument of course they should be fined and of yeah, course no,
0: so after week 1 uh, the NFL sent out a very published and known warning like hey there's going to be consequences um and then there were so it's do you great. Want some,
1: do you want some breaking news, relevant breaking news? Uh, this is straight out of the headlines from Yahoo Sports. Notre Dame has announced that on Monday there were 18 players that had tested positive uh, for COVID-19. That is officially more than you can have to play football in the Big Ten. So Notre Dame would not be playing this week in the Big Ten.
0: Uh, fun fact, Notre Dame has regularly chosen not to play in the Big Ten, so nothing yeah. is new.
1: but I'm just saying this is gonna happen. It's an indicator that it's gonna happen, especially with those uh with those rules that were outlined by the Big Ten about how many positive cases a team can have and still and still compete. so um, I got a question for you, yeah, this seems
3: very unlikely. Is there going to be a team that tries to cheat the numbers? The I, Stakes are high. The stakes are high. For an Astros season, I mean. With with lowered revenues,
0: I mean, well, so, I mean, I guess maybe more essential revenues.
1: I don't think revenues for the Big Ten are going to be actually tied to if they individually play the games or not. I think they're going to split the revenue anyway
3: sure this but so like so so what what incentive does
1: suppress its numbers in order to play
0: what what incentive does northwestern have to do this
1: well it, let's be honest it was never going to be northwestern that was going to do this it would be someone like ohio state who actually has something to lose uh it would be someone like nebraska who's shown that they are ridiculous it was going to be someone like uh, Maryland, who obviously have no morals and are just terrible, like a garbage
3: institution, just like the worst of us. Maryland terrapins, oof. Is it going to happen though? That's my question to you. Probably, I just don't know that it'll get caught. Like, and, and this is
0: you know the we want to play movement was all about this from the get go. Was that we want you know clear independent. You know, player decided upon testing. And then that changed, Mm -hmm. right? Like they somehow killed that movement or that piece of the movement.
3: And it would have been nice to have had, you know, like... (laughs) some oversight from the
0: conference, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I saw a tweet not that long ago from, uh, I think it was from Chris Solari. Who's the, the, uh, beat writer for the free press
1: way to jump ahead on that.
0: Well, that they're still waiting for a, for a response from the big 10 on the almost certain concussion that Brian Lewerke suffered against, what was it? Illinois. Hmm. That there's that at every game, there's a Big Ten monitor who's supposed to be watching for concussion signs. Yeah, I remember
1: that when that all happened last year. Yeah.
0: So they're still waiting for a response. So I don't even know that I trust the Big Ten to do this. That's a good point. Because it clearly they have failed at player safety at the like the the one job this person has is to sit up in a box with binoculars and be like, did someone get crushed in the head? Great. They need to not play right
3: now. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um,
0: I can't. I I can't. I just keep seeing Patrick Mahomes numbers, and it's driving me nuts. Okay. So yeah, put
1: the phone away. Just
0: all right. Let's talk about the last thing here, which is. So we've not really covered it on the pod, but there is let there's there's currently litigation going on right now surrounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional benefits that the NCAA has permitted uh, member institutions to pay
3: mm-hmm.
0: to student-athletes. Um, and it, and it's all coming under sort of an emergency powers situation. And there's some speculation that schools could be using these to pay players. mm that in some ways the NCAA has actually authorized member institutions to pay players. Mm. Um, you know, it can be for a variety of things like, Hey, do you need a new laptop or like, it's not literally like I'm putting money in your bank account. You're not getting rich on it, but uh, it's certainly been a liberalizing of the rules. Um, I think for me, Kevin, it, this this storyline, despite it being on the outline, is not is not particularly juicy or interesting. In that it is not it's not a beneficial way of having the conversation about how players should or should not be compensated. Right, like it, it, it it's not clear cut. It's not related to to anything other than a deal they strike with their coach, which feels a lot like you know, sort of the the. Um, it's not the, you don't necessarily get a, I forget the technical term for it, but like baseball and softball are not like, you don't just get a full ride, right? Like your right. coach yep. and even football to a degree is cutting some players deals every semester.
1: Yeah. And in fact, in some of the, in some of the sports you're, uh you're not guaranteed your scholarship from year to year. You know, they have X number of right that are allocated to the team and you're competing inside the team for partial scholarships even yeah just a fraction of one yes Mm
0: -hmm. so you know i think this is interesting in that if the ncaa wanted to be maybe
3: i I, well
1: i don't know what their angle is on all of this um their angle is they're I think they're probably pointing at some things where they're like, well, we're liberalizing it. Why they We're doing a thing, you know, we're supporting students in these ways. Um, it doesn't bother me.
0: Uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. I just, you know, it'd be nice if there's a little bit more clarity behind it. It already feels a little bit weird that like, I mean, we joked about Matt Seibert who we love, but that, that he scored a touchdown and was given a scholarship. And then it was like scored another touchdown. It's like, dude, Matt, Matt, you had it. Like you didn't need to score more touchdowns. You're actually devaluing your scholarship right now. Um,
1: <laughs> You were so, one scholarship per touchdown before. Now you're one scholarship per two. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Keep move keep, on. Keep
0: the value of a tight end high for those who come after you. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I I guess it I don't love that system
1: though, right? Like it, there is something Well, it's similar. I mean, right now student athletes are being paid, you know, per different costs of living uh for their traveling and other stipends, and it's not the end of the world. So it's no, not perfect, just like everything else, but it is an opportunity for the NCAA to, sh- to show like, well, you know, we saw an immediate student need and we addressed it and we are listening <laughs> to these concerns.
0: You should do PR for the NCAA. You seem to have the talking points down and that that voice maybe isn't the it tones, but it does sort of feel, it's like I mean, pure oxygen.
1: Just I've been returns. finding myself in a position where I have to start defending The NCAA, because the Overton window has gone so far past my position that like, I remember when this started out and I was like, yeah, players are undercompensated. There's so much money everywhere. And everyone was like, they get a scholarship. What do you want? And I was, I thought that one point, but I probably switched over 10 years ago or something like that. Probably longer than that. And now we're to the point where (laughs) you can just be like the NCAA is slavery and people are like, Hmm, it's a pretty good point. (laughs) So like I am, I don't know where I am on the spectrum anymore. Um, And I think that there are absolutely huge beneficial parts of the NCAA to most student athletes Yes. Do the highest performing student athletes get compensated in kind with their performance? Probably not. Almost certainly not. But does the Joe average or Joette average student athlete in the NCAA net benefit from the system as it exists today? I think yes. And Absolutely.
0: actually I would go so far. Well, I, I, we're going down a hole here, man, but like, there's a lot of NCAA student athletes who aren't actually getting scholarship money or very mm-hmm. little of it anyway. And so a lot of people just play sports to play sports mm-hmm. because they want to play sports.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: I think about I, division I, I, three schools. I mean, there are tons of people that go to division three schools because they want to play sports and want that to be part of their academic. Um, experience. experience, even though there's no scholarship tied to it, there's just a ton of time that goes into it, and you get to travel and play and have that experience and camaraderie. And yeah, no, I, I, just, I didn't choose that, but there are people that do, and they find it to be valuable. You so chose maybe
0: baby You chose me. Um, you are my sports. <laughs> I I think maybe the 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 problem spot for this, and and maybe we can just leave it here, is that if you would agree, is that we're not convinced the NCAA is engaging in good faith on this. Yes, and that, and yeah. that we, you know, your, your point about the Overton window, which is for those who maybe aren't familiar with that, that phrase is sort of the notion that, that if you, you push the conversation point so far past it, or rather you, you reframe the, the acceptable boundaries of what, of what is a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, to your point that there is a very vocal uh, contingent that says the NCAA literally is slavery or, or draws analogies, at least to slavery. And that's not, uh, that's not really a a great faith argument. That's for sure. Um, And so there is, and we've talked about it on the podcast, plenty, a very disturbing racial complex to, uh, you know, complication to the revenue generating sports and who's getting compensated for them. But
1: let me go ahead. Interrupt you for a second. Sure. For your money, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. Who is the, I have an answer for this. So I apologize that I'm putting you on the spot when I have an answer for this. Who is the most undercompensated MSU athlete ever? And I think when I say ever, it's safe to save the last 10 years because those dollar amounts have only inflated since the last few tv contracts when we really started having these conversations but keep in mind it, it this might be a little bit of a a hint to who my answer would be the keeping the racial component in mind um who is the most undercompensated student athlete who is worth the most to MSU sports of all of the student athletes that were Amateur athletes that didn't get directly compensated for their play on the field. The I don't know. One was, singular.
0: I don't know if he was being compensated at the time via scholarship, but I'm going to go ahead and say Kenny Goins.
3: Yeah. That's it. That, was that your answer?
1: No, my, my answer is actually uh Connor cook. Um, Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, answer I answer is counter. I think there's no single MSU athlete that's been more valuable to the athletic department. Singular oh,
0: athlete. Sh- oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. I, I see. I see years. what you're saying. Yes,
1: but when you consider that Kenny Goins played a role on teams even before he was technically on scholarship, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's an option.
0: Yeah. No, but I get your point. I get your point. That you, your answer illuminated the question a little bit better. But thank I, you. I think I, I, I guess where it's I was going enough. with my with my long ramble there is that we uh, we don't think the NCAA is engaging in good faith. But conversely, um, this is this is a topic that requires a lot of sophistication and nuance and understanding of an industry that, as much as we try and read up on it we're not even in a position to have the expertise to actually answer. And Mm -hmm. so if the, if the, the NCAA was being serious and had good faith about this, they would defer to a panel of experts. And sure. If you want to get one of your inside people on the panel, great, but like make sure you get a player person in there too, but get some people to actually study the problem and implement genuine recommendations that, that allow for, players to make as much money as they can off of the time that they're there. And so even if that means someone on the crew
1: crew? The crew crew? Yeah. That's sure. it. They're the ones uh, we have to keep up in mind for this whole thing.
0: Well, but my point being is that they can't even put out a YouTube video and try and
1: monetize that channel. Correct. Yep. To to talk about crewing methods. Which would be huge in particular for gymnastics is my understanding. There's like a huge, huge, sure. Uh, gymnastics that uh, tracks cause cheers a thing.
0: Um, and similar ish sports,
1: great opportunity for women to, to take advantage of their, um,
0: or jewelry. being, being a golfer and going to the local, you know, the, the being a sort of pro at the shop over the summer, you can, you could give lessons and be, I'm the MSU person who plays golf
3: in your mm-hmm. town. I'm a D1 athlete. Anyway. Except for a lot of the golf pros or former D1 athletes that
1: are presumably better because now they're just golfing all the time. You know what's really nice about this is that we got to return to an older exhausting argument instead of the exhausting discussions that we have to have now all the time. It was like a breath of fresh air going back to the <laughs> Um. It was lovely. It was like a glimpse of a simpler time that's gone now as we go into Twitter questions.
0: It was great. Well, before we go into Twitter questions, um, Greg, we need to hear from our sponsor. sponsors. So who do we have this week?
1: Well, we're thrilled. And, and you know, it, we, were, we were glad to have him back. You know, indeed, there have been a few returning NADA sponsors. A few of them have brought their products back multiple times. This is kind of a play on that. So our guy Scott's back. Uh, indeed. This, this week's episode of Can't Read Can't right, Write is not brought to you by the returning sponsor, Day of Days, our guy, Scott Frost, back with a rebranded snake oil because he didn't get rid of all the snake oil from last time. So you got to no. stick a new label on there. Season so, two, Snake Oil. Back in Season town. Re snake oil. Peddling new snake oil, bowl eligibility. That's right, folks. With, with Scott Frost snake oil, everybody's bowl eligible. You're bowl eligible. You're bowl eligible. <laughs> You're bowl eligible. Everyone Woo! on Scott Frost snake oil, or without it, is bowl eligible. So don't evaluate Scott Frost on the football field because with his snake oil, he's already had a successful season, baby. <laughs> so thank you, Scott. For a little bit more uh, snake oil, um, if, you, if you weren't checking your news feed, it's because Nebraska
0: is bowl eligible for the first time since 2016. Because <laughs> everybody is bowl eligible this year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh.
0: dude, dude is a joke, and honestly, I hope that I hope that they have a terrible season, and they go to a bowl game and they fire him before the bowl game. That'd bring me joy.
3: I'll be honest. I was
1: wrong about Scott Frost and maybe he'll, he'll have a good season and he'll prove us wrong. I was actually a little bit scared when he got brought in. I thought, scared? I mean, sometimes guys get hired and you're like snake oil. Like this is not real. And I've been long. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Ultimate snake oil. Uh, you know, who's not snake oil. Mr. Air raid defense down at the other MSU raid offense offense. Yeah. Not defense. How many, I thought we said at the top that we uh, were no longer inebriated, but um, yeah, <laughs> the big win, taking down. Uh, Wait, what's cool. You know, what's, what's cool. Or, oh my God. Formerly Washington state. Now Mississippi <laughs> state. God, All right. I, just want, I want to stay away from the retractions as much as possible. Look, everyone, uh,
0: if you're still listening, I want to be very clear. Next week, you will have a very professional podcast.
1: Yes, I promise.
0: But uh, before we get into the least professional segment of our podcast, uh, we need to do a segment we call No Dumb Questions, Just Dumb Podcast Hosts, which is we've invited uh, anyone who happens to listen to this pod to send us a question that maybe is a bit of a blind spot for you. It can be a sports term that maybe we throw around on the podcast that you just you don't want to ask in Twitter questions like, hey, what's this thing you guys say all the time mean? Uh, because we want people to feel like they can engage in the conversation as best as possible and hopefully enjoy watching sports a little bit more. So if you're interested, you can obviously send us a direct message on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod, or you can email us at can't read, can't write, 1855 at gmail.com that's can't read can't write at 1855 at gmail.com so Greg, this week uh i think our question is a little bit different what uh, but good uh what what's the question this week
1: uh so this week's question and There we go. We do have it. Um, Is can you run down all of the sports media people you've always referenced on the show? And what names do I actually need to know? So Um, maybe we should do this
0: a little bit rapid fire. Like uh, you name one and say sort of very briefly why you think they're super important. And um, and we can kind of go back and forth.
1: Well, I'm going to save the, the elephant in the room for last. Uh, especially since that elephant's now re- moved to Vegas. Uh, who <laughs> is Michael Jones, Graham Couch? Uh, wait, uh, wait, say it again. Is that not how you want to do it? Okay, I'll, I'll instead I'll introduce Graham Couch. So Graham Couch is the columnist, and columnist means that you write with opinion to some degree. Uh, and I'm sure columnists would correct me and say that there's more to it. But uh, is the no, columnist... Not covering Michigan State for the Lansing State Journal, the home newspaper, which is why I chose Graham to go first. Because as far as I'm aware, there is not a dedicated beat writer out of the LSJ. It's a shared beat writer between the Free Press and the LSJ, uh, who, Jonesy, I've teed you up to introduce.
0: Yeah. So the uh, other person to uh, check out if you're looking for someone who Occasionally provides what the Washington Post might call analysis, um, but as sort of quasi columns, but usually very just sort of fact based articles on what was said, what's happening um, and why potentially it matters is um, Chris Solari, who works for mm-hmm. the free press. Um, I think, you know, there are uh, there is the Detroit News, which has their own people and there's things I like about their people, but if I was going to pick a one, two punch of sort of people who intimately follow both programs, uh, Chris is good for your, what happened and Graham mm-hmm. is someone who writes words on a page.
1: Very nice. That, uh, <laughs> that uh, other side of things at the Detroit news, Ms., Mr. Matt Charbonneau, who I think has been on the beat the longest of the three guys. i actually kind of
0: like Matt. I don't, I I mean we make fun of this podcast or have made fun of his podcast but like because of
1: who he shares it with mostly um yeah. but, but
0: I I like Matt well enough Matt uh, sharp enough.
1: uh I believe it, it's not as clear I I think of Matt as a beat writer but is he more of a columnist? Yes. No, Matt is a beat writer. Yes. Okay.
0: Um so there there is an a, a publication that you have to pay for um called the Athletic that I think Greg and I are both fans of. I'm not speaking out of turn there.
1: Not as an institution, but the people that cover
0: yes. uh, MSU. Yes.
1: yes, so... Because, uh, because the Athletic accidentally went on the record saying something mean about local journalism that I don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. But the good people that work at The Athletic that cover MSU uh, are both very good writers, in- very Michigan. good
0: writers, uh, and and good. And the Athletic tries to focus on storytelling, which I think is a differentiator. So, um, the three people to follow that are of merit are Brendan Quinn, who uh, is the beat writer for Michigan and Michigan State basketball, right. uh, Colton Pouncy, who is the beat writer for Michigan State football. And then I would throw in Nick Bumgarner, yep, uh, who does uh, he's sort of a little bit more roving, so not all of his stuff is going to be on the the topic you may or may not want, but he does excellent film breakdowns, and will likely do something interesting for the new MSU season.
2: Um, yeah,
1: he, his role seems to be almost like a the columnist among columnists. And I, I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but it, yeah, and he, and it seems like yeah, he like covers. He,
0: I think technically he's a columnist for Michigan, Michigan State and Lions football.
1: Which is funny because uh, Colton is is really a columnist that explicitly covers MSU football. So indeed he, he's, I guess, more senior and he gets to just choose what he writes about uh, whenever he wants. Um, it's a good gig uh, if you can get it, they're all very good. MSU. I'm going to take this opportunity. Is there anyone else that you wanted to cover? Do you want to do M live? Do you want to do? Kyle I, so Austin? Do you want to do anyone else?
0: They're, they're, they're fine follows on Twitter for like, if you want live updates on a, uh, on a press conference, but honestly I would pick Solari for that. Cause it's fine. Um, the one other thing I would say is if, if you want to point to a fan website, um, that is better than other ones. The only colors at least has varying perspectives. Would you agree with that? Sure. I mean, there are some statistical analysis there. There's some film review and there's some just sort of like feelings pieces. So if you're looking for something that's like a fan website, that is one that I would check out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I want to take this opportunity to say that MSU has been blessed by beat writers. Very, it, it, like, unbelievable the writing talent that we've been able to take for granted. Some of them less so, but there have been some names like, you know, like the the Joe Rexroads. Like Joe Rexroad was the was the beat writer. Back in our day, in our college day, he got Michigan Sports Writer of the Year. Then he went to Tennessee. He got Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year for a very harrowing article about uh, almost dying on an airplane. I, I believe that's what he got it for. But like he um, uh, like crazy, like MSU J, uh, Journalism School just like churns out super good writers and we benefit yep. from a lot of them. Uh, some of them have gone national, like Diamond Young is on the West coast. Now we had him for a while. Um, I I mean, guys that we have now are going to move on. Graham couch, isn't going to move on. He's here forever, but, um,
0: he will not admit it,
1: (laughs) but, uh, it's, uh, the journalism that we've gotten from SU sports has been really, 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 really good.
0: Yes, I would agree. Um, And then there's Graham Couch. So uh, (laughs) I don't know why I'm on a roll today with him. but So mean. I mean, just honestly, (laughs) read an article. It's like, holy shit, man, get an editor. But uh, we'll move on to the Twitters. Yeah. Greg. uh, But do you want to say to our questioner, that was a very, very good question. I know we have a lot of crossover listeners between Couch and the Rube. Please do not retweet any of this at them. Sorry, Graham. Uh, We do actually read all of your work, though. Uh, Anyway, Twitter's first up. Greg, Dom Garrett. Long time. Not first time. Question is, can you do a rapid fire recap of all the news that has happened since March?
1: It's been pretty sedate, Dom. Not a whole lot. You know, we're happy to have you back. It's been pretty boring. Um, I think I think it's
0: fair to say uh, Gaseous Winston deprived of. Potential historic run. Nothing happened since.
1: Yep, that's been it. <laughs> <laughs> All these gray hairs on my head uh, are an indicator of how little news there's been uh, since March. Uh, uh, next mom, I-,
0: I cried a lot and then I drank a lot to rehydrate. Ends up alcohol doesn't do that for you. I don't know what's been happening since because I've been trying to get my tears back. So you're like, Tom, next (laughs) up, describe your job in terms a preschool child could understand. Uh, (laughs) Greg does PowerPoint. Good. (laughs) Greg, What's your job?
1: I I don't directly sell the thing. I help the people that sell the things, sell the thing. Uh, What about you?
3: Uh, Um, Sometimes people sue each other. Mm -hmm. And
0: when they sue each other, and by people, I mean corporations. And when corporations sue each other, they need to look through a whole bunch of documents that are electronically stored. That's to say email. And then my company helps get those documents, narrow down which ones are important, and then has people look at them. I also sell high-end attorney talent at a very low cost. So
1: congrats you know, on uh, if, encouraging nap time at preschool. If,
0: hey, look, if anyone here is in a legal department at a, law, at a corporation or as a lawyer, call me. All right, next up.
1: Now, this you, one's for you. This, this one is more for you than it is for me. What are your game day traditions slash superstitions? Oh,
0: man, I'm so weird about this. It really varies season to season, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to start with a beer that I can go with for the entire season. It's probably you going to be like
1: to you dedicate a season to a beer or vice versa.
0: Oh, no, no, no. That's just where it starts. So if the first game doesn't go well, that beer's out the window and we're switching to like red wine or something. Uh, But I will insist on wearing certain clothing. I will narrow in on which clothing works best. I'll figure out whether I enjoy my son's company during a game. Mm. Uh, Bad news about 2019 and for my parenting awards. Not great.
1: Not a good season.
0: No, no, not a good season. Um, so I, I don't know. I I'll, I'll care about which side of the TV from which side of the TV I'm watching the game. It's, it's real weird. It's not healthy. Um, if anyone knows a a therapist, it'd be great. So Greg, Do you got any
1: superstitions or traditions explicitly, but when I get stressed, I will pace and, uh, Oh,
0: I I don't sit. If, if my team is not sitting, I'm not sitting.
1: Okay. I mean, that's,
0: that's the same thing as Spartan stadium,
1: right? Sure. well, I mean, when you're in the student section, um, yeah. Hey, everywhere else, hey to when did, when did you get old? Listen, man, if, when you get yelled at, you get beaten down by the people around you over time. You, uh, know, about you turn
0: this. around and be like, get on your walker, stand up. Okay. I uh, encourage
1: you to do that next time I take you to a game.
0: Um, like I would just say one other thing real quick. Um, uh, my father who may or may not be listening to this, uh, makes wonderful. Wonderful sort of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, if you will. Not the, you know, like, you know what I'm saying, right? Buffalo Wings, not Wild Wings, Buffalo Wings um, on game days. They're fantastic. So that's a tradition when in his presence.
3: Good tradition.
0: Yes. Uh, All right. uh, Next question from Like Tom. What are you up to when you're on your computer pretending to be working, but actually procrastinating? And you have a better answer than me, which mine is Twitter.
1: Yeah, I I don't do, I try not to do non-work things on my work computer because I I try to be like, I don't, you know, maybe they track me. I don't know. I don't think they do, but maybe Maybe they do. So I'm like, let's, I have this thing about being like, if you're going to fire me, I want you to fire me. I don't want to give you some out. Uh, like we tracked your activity and you don't work four hours a day. Um, so it would actually be on my phone and I would be doing regular phone things, checking up on news, that kind of stuff. What about you? Well, that's Twitter, but uh, also... And Twitter uh, is hardly actually ever news. It's usually
0: reactions or speculation. I'm just, or I'm just talking about on the phone. But anyway, sure. uh, I also like to do the YouTubes. Um yeah. There's some some channels that I really enjoy that uh, I like, you know, like watching. And I tend to not watch last week tonight uh, on Sundays. I don't watch it live. So I watch that uh, usually on Mondays.
2: During work. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, great that my employer knows about this podcast. So. <laughs> Next not
1: up. From Sawyer sort of like Tom, last week you talked about the false notion that college, oh, here it is, the false notion that college athletes take tests away from public schools. However, the universities share budgeting with athletics and do have other required tests. How do you square athletic testing with failures testing the student body at large? She continues, to be clear, I don't suggest, it, I suggest not
0: testing the athletes. This allocation of resources suggests that they are essential workers. Other essential workers aren't getting the robust testing. The athletes are certainly not compensated as if they worked for the university. Um, It's an interesting point. I would start with the uh, celebration of the fact that you you, uh, acknowledged the false notion that somehow the Big Ten using these tests is taking away tests from other people. Um, the concern is the scarcity of resources and uh, the university not putting those resources into either people who do require testing or at the student body at large um i'll say i don't care about the student body at large
1: i'll also say uh, regarding the student body at large we've proven that you can still be a student remotely. You don't have to be there in person now. I hope one thing that we societally take away is that we accept that it is a lower standard of education because there are a lot of kids, especially in the state of Michigan that can fall into online school learning. And it is a garbage education, uh, Particularly for them, but as we're learning, not as effective as being in person. But it is still possible; you can still do it. Whereas you can't actually uh, engage in football or other sports um, remotely. Is there? Where do you want to take it from there?
0: Well, I would just—I would also add that let's take Michigan State for—for for an instant—and say let's celebrate what they have done. So we talked what two, three weeks ago, Kevin, about the spit kits.
2: Mm-hmm. Spit uh, kit.
0: So one, one of the reasons that Michigan State has uh, such disgustingly high COVID numbers, and they are disgusting, is that we've been great at testing. Um, If I happen to be the president of the university, I might complain about all that testing because testing is bad because you have fewer numbers of COVID if you don't do testing. But we do do testing, and that's a good thing. So we've actually provided that testing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The other piece is that landlords in the area held, held people over. Like it, Michigan State should have the lowest possible numbers. We went remote. Right. So I just I have a hard time feeling bad for these universities that roped people into being on campus. Greg, you got you got thoughts here.
2: I, I mean,
1: I, I think we also kind of covered this at the top. I yeah,
0: you're it, right.
1: it It's not a perfect system. Uh, however, you cut it, it's not a perfect system, right?
0: No, it's not. And I don't know about the other people who do require testing. And so, sorry, like Tom, I will, I will, I will take deference to you here. Absolutely, that if there are other people require testing so and and i i would have questions around what the requirement is right like if we're talking about uh people who work in so, so msu has a fantastic uh veterinary medicine school and hospital on campus i would anticipate that those people who have to go to that hospital require testing i would like to believe that they're being resourced for that i don't know if they are but i would like i would like to hope so um if if msu is taking tests away from from people uh who, who need them to perform what is deemed
3: an essential job um i would be bothered by that but to my knowledge they're not doing that to your so. knowledge yes yeah, to the bitter bitter end yeah <laughs> uh so uh, ha-
0: happy to take corrections on that um genuinely uh, but, and, and be specific because if the counter is the University of Wisconsin, who's not canceled, uh, in-person classes is not providing, uh, spit tests to their students and their, their TAs, not that that's oddly specific to anyone, but if that's the case, then I, I just, I can't, that's, that's on the University of Wisconsin. That's, that's who you should be mad at. They shouldn't be requiring 50,000 people to
3: congregate in a very small geographic area. That's on them. So anyway, Kevin, Wait. you're not you're not helping me out here.
0: We'll move no. on to Nick Kamansky, Uh All right. who gets grumpy at us.
1: You go, go ahead, Nick Kamansky, First question: Who is the second best player on every team in the Big Tenies?
0: Uh. Patrick Mahomes, who's lighting me up right now, Nick. Stop
1: it with a Oh, my God, Michael. we agreed. We had an agreement. I'd be impressed if you could, off the top of your head, name all the teams in the Big Ten East quickly. Go. That's, I'm gonna, uh, I'm augmenting Nick's question.
3: Go. Oh. So in Bay- 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 East? East.
0: Yep, all right. so it is Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Penn State, Ohio State. That's four. I got three more to go, right? Uh, so we have Indiana. We have Maryland.
1: We have Rutgers. You got it. God, I Nailed it. I hate that you got it. Uh, I could elevate this and just be like, name a player for me. <laughs> uh, so, uh,
0: Michigan State will take Rocky Lombardi. Michigan will take, uh, Joe Bilton. Um, we will take, um, Ryan Day from Ohio State. <laughs>
1: there you go. You ruined it on Ohio State.
0: No, no, no. Uh, oh, the name they're running back is going to come to me. Uh, he was very good last year, too. You are
1: just annihilating our credibility right now. I know. Well, it you should have like, just gone all I'm in.
0: At, I'm looking at five empty cans right now.
1: On You should have just gone all in on Indiana football male anatomy Enix. jokes. Yep. That, that would have been my approach to this whole thing. Um, second up from Nick Kamansky, who's your second favorite player on the current MSU football roster? Ooh, that's an
0: interesting question. Um, who do you got?
1: Well, I mean, everyone's first favorite player is whoever your preferred backup quarterback is. Um, so, uh, poor, uh, I guess after that, you, you you know, after the backup quarterback, you got to go with someone that actually produces and say, poor Eli Collins. Uh, drop down to number two. Um, Julian Barnett deserves to be in that in that conversation, though,
0: as well. well so, you know, he's my favorite. Uh, so that means that sure. Eli Collins, maybe, maybe. Um, I, I think for sort of a classic number two, that is to say someone who's maybe just a little bit. Of I mean, Julian of- Barnett is literally number two. That's true. It's true. Uh, but Trey Mosley had okay. a sneaky good end of the season last year. And I'm kind of exci- I'm kind of excited about the wide receiver core this year. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, next question from Nick. What is your second favorite MSU
3: football game of all time?
2: Mm. Mm.
3: Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl win rose bowl win um what's 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 your
1: first then i can't say that's not the question i'm just telling you the second
0: oh man when's the last time michigan went to a rose bowl when's the last
1: time michigan won a rose bowl no but it went to one i specified win so i could set even further back uh what about you
0: what do you got um
3: that cotton
0: bowl game man
3: Oh,
2: against Baylor,
0: yet underrated as a really great
3: game.
2: Yeah,
3: crazy. Um, How many people do you think stop watching that game? Can't relate. I. I mean, I had that. I had that time blocked off in my calendar. I had to be there for the time. Yeah, can't relate. Um. Patrick Mahomes is up to 40 points in fantasy. Okay, you need to stop.
1: All right, last question from Nick Kamansky. Who's your favorite Michigan troll? Or your Actually, second favorite Michigan troll? We've, Thanks, already,
0: we've already answered this question. I uh, mean,
1: it's CT and TC so far and ahead that I think he takes up the whole top five.
0: Yeah, honestly? Yeah. Top six, each character in his name takes up a spot. And we're not counting underscore CT.
1: If you haven't listen to this episode, it's <laughs> how favorite he is. If you happen to listen to this episode. All right. Next up from Raymond chains. Why am I hearing so little about MSU hockey? Then again, if the season is broadcasted. It's disappointing because televised hockey isn't all that much fun. Well, so
0: Greg, would you agree with that statement that hockey's way more fun in person? Yeah, I
1: would. Absolutely. Isn't that convention? Don't we all agree with that statement? Yes, absolutely. Um, Raymond, I think it's because it's less clear what hockey is going
0: to be doing, because it's even though they're in the Big Ten, quote unquote, it's not a traditional Big Ten league. Uh, Hockey is is far more amorphous. What we need to do, Greg, is we need to have Jerber on to chat about it a little bit. Yeah. like we are long overdue overdue for a check-in with one of our favorite people.
1: And, uh, things are really coming along at Mun. at least from the outside. I don't know what it looks like on the inside, but the, uh, the renovations at Mun look, look really good. So, so maybe like, uh, uh, not
0: next week, but the week after we should get Jaron. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, next, next up from Raymond. This week on the D'Antonio show, when Chase Winovich ends up in the hospital with a broken jaw, suspicion falls on the coach who was seen near the scene of the crime, or the coach suffers amnesia and thinks it's 2015 just before the playoffs. Nobody wants
1: to. (laughs) I love everyone's just like, yeah, Mark, it's, it's going to be really good. You've got a really good squad. And it doesn't matter that counter cooks uh, shoulder seems to be uh, dislocated right now. Um, he's recovering. It's fi- It's going to be great. It's going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the, uh, the other 2015 cotton bowl. Um, MSU played in two 2015 cotton bowls. Um Although uh, Raymond specifies the playoffs here, maybe we can choose to believe that actually D'Antonio is really excited about that Baylor game, and it is going to be a wild one. Um, But I think what's most important about the college football playoff is not the outcomes. It's
3: that you've been there at all. Yes. I think we
1: all agree that that is the most important thing. It's like, yes.
0: You you like measure yourself on whether you've got one or not. An
1: eternity ago, doesn't it? Like 2015 was really not that long ago, but it seems like an eternity ago.
0: Oh, um, a couple of times.
1: Yeah. The last up for, or no, we've got two more from Raymond Chains. Are you guys reading any books, sports related or otherwise? What's the last book that you read?
0: Uh, I feel like we've gotten book questions before, and they have always not ended well.
1: I am um, actively reading for work. Uh, white, uh, white fragility. It's our uh, diversity what? It's our diversity and inclusion book club uh, book that we're going through right now. Uh, so I'm actively reading that. Um, Good Sport on you, books. man. Well, I, you know. I try to I try to be part of the culture here. Um, sports books that are great. Uh, I haven't read one in a while, but Seth Davis wrote "When March Went Mad," which is all about the nineteen seventy nine tournament, and that is a fantastic chronicling that you're almost certainly going to learn something while reading, and it does a great job of uh, talking about just not just the explosion of the NBA and the NBA as a result of that game but also how Marsh uh Madness benefited substantially from that game as well. It was like huge turning point uh in in basketball. So,
3: what do you got? Anything?
0: Um honestly, no. I like reading, but I'm taking a minute. Uh there are a handful of so the book that I'm going to read next I saw the trailer for Dune. I've not read it.
1: It made me want to reread it. Uh, it made me want to be like, all right, let's go back. Let's redo
2: this. I, I saw um, that
0: trailer and I'm like, this this sounds, t- this seems too stupid and insane to be this popular.
1: Dune's fantastic. The oh, Dune well, universe, it's a little weird, but Dune 1 is, is really good.
0: Well, yes, I, 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 I very much want to read it. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, so next up is a question for our dear friend, Plum Alex at Plum Alex on the Twitter machine. <laughs> uh, I
1: Plum nice to, to actually uh, answer this, even though he's not on the pod.
0: Yes, uh, that's why I felt uncomfortable including it. Um, so uh, Alex Plum, for those who don't know, is uh, has a master's in public health and works in public health for a large hospital system in the state of Michigan. So uh
1: you know, Ungooglable. We're being intentionally vague because there's no way for you to figure it out with your with his full name. Information. To it.
0: You know, I, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Anyway, um, what do you he the question is, what do you think will happen to Florida with their loosened up COVID regulations? What's a likely scenario? And Plum replied merely with a gif that just said, Well, good luck with that. Um I don't think you need a master's public health to know that Florida denied COVID for a long time. It bit them in the ass. It'll do it again.
1: And they opened all the bars up. Brilliant. Yep. So, uh, before we move on to the
0: rest of the Twitter questions, uh, Kevin, I just wanted to take a brief pause to ask listeners to recognize a reality that we're about ready to enter into. uh, Games are going to come back. We're going to have some previewing to do, and we have loved the interaction genuinely that we've gotten from everybody, particularly during the offseason and COVID times. So we're actively soliciting thoughts on how maybe to incorporate Twitter questions into future, future episodes, knowing that we're not going to be able to probably do all the Twitter questions right? Is that a good way of saying it?
1: Tell me if cutting it to two instead of four is a bad idea for some reason.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, you'll get two to four depending on how good your questions are or one to four. Like we, we, we genuinely love that we have a list community here that we get to be part of. We just don't know. We don't like doing two hour episodes because We get tired at the end and we can only imagine how you feel listening to
1: us. Speaking of which, Jared Burns.
0: Yeah, so Jared asked uh, off the the line uh, to Alex Plum, uh, (laughs) more Plum questions. What antibody tests do you recommend, if any? And Alex said. None. They're not particularly reliable and uh, there aren't any that are particularly better than another. And I just thought that was great info for people. Next up, Elon Bloom. What are the chances that the basketball team wins the big Ten again? That would be nice. Well, what would that be? Four years? Four, Four consecutive years, years. Which has only happened two other times, I think. Thats. I'm by Michigan State.
1: Of course.: Of course. Um, it's going to be tough, though. E. Bloom. Uh, but it's right, but it's possible. We've been talking about how this is this might be a strange like purgatory year between two distinct eras, and um, if MSU can still win the Big Ten during a purgatory year, that would be a real indicator of how dominant this uh, this program has been, and it has been absolutely dominant in the Big Ten uh, during uh, Tom Izzo's career. Anything you want to add to that?
0: No. Um, next question is how many big 10 football games will not be played due to COVID?
1: I'm going to bet
3: 1.3 per week. Because there's going to be seven games. So I'm
1: going to guess you on average one, one and then every three weeks, another one. So over the course of the season, what is that? Uh, 15 total games, 12 total games or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's my bet.
0: All right. Next up. Uh, last question from Elan Bloom, which I think is a good question. Um, will Rocket be the primary point guard? I think yes. And if so, how effective will he be in replacing cash? Can you replace cash? Yeah,
1: those are my two answers
0: to this question.
1: was like. He's going to be a shoot first
0: point guard. Yeah, yeah you're, you it's it's sort of the wrong question. It's an interesting question but the wrong one, right? It's yeah. not you can't replace cash. It's you need to replace cash through the rest of the lineup.
2: Yeah,
1: a bunch of different ways. You've got to redistribute cash
0: basically in little bits to everybody on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, but uh yes to Rocket being the primary point guard, right? Mm-hmm. We're pretty locked in on that. I yeah. mean, uh, AJ Hoggard, I mean, maybe he sneaks up and starts taking 15 minutes by the end of the year. I don't know about that. I, I, mean, I mean, I said, maybe. I don't think there's a maybe.
1: huge, uh, he's not a like, he's not a dyed in the wool point guard. And there is not a huge history of Tom Mizzo point guards coming in and just like ball dominating their first year. It doesn't sure. really sure. happen. So I, it's going to be rocket. And it's going to be a different look than we're accustomed to seeing. And hopefully that ball distribution and running the offense happens in other ways, but it's going to be tough because how much of MSU's offense just graduated slash went to the, uh, the NBA, like 60% of it or something like that or more. Yeah. Or more. So it's, it's going to be a new look next year. And, Uh, um, It might be a rough transition to begin,
0: but it'll be fun. Uh, next up, unprotected jerk guy, have you ever thought of changing the pod name to Jonesy and the Rube? (laughs) Honestly, I am, I feel like I'm the one who's more insulted by this.
1: More backdoor uh, shots there. At uh, I'm just doubling down because
0: they're going to be my mortal enemy until we overtake them. Um, but uh. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how to feel about this question. Next up from the Everdrack jerk Guy. What position coach should I be preparing to tweet about firing?
1: All right. This is a good question. This is genuinely a good question. I mean, it's it's Jay Johnson, right? It's offensive coordinator. Get ready for oh, it. Oh,
0: I think I think Mike Tressel's where you're gonna, be, you're gonna get ready to tweet.
1: Really? Tress? Yeah He's the you, one you know.
0: Yeah, but but defense was a little bit kind of on the down last year. You and if whatever his position group is, if we get beat over the top, if we get beat over the top, people are going to be, people are going to be talking.
1: All right. All right. I'm on board. Yeah. uh, Last thought from a protect Jerk guy. What's considered up North in Jersey. So in what way is my question? Like literally up North or like culturally up North.
0: Yeah. Cause culturally up North it's the shore. Yeah. Um, you know, and despite what MTV has shown you, like, that's not sort of ubiquitous of shore <laughs> culture. Um, there are shore, shore towns that are, shore counties even, that are dry. So that sucks. Um, And there are very expensive places to like. So, yeah, the shore is most sort of analogous, though it's a much closer commute. So I don't know. Otherwise, up north is is Hamptons or people who decide to go to Maine. Like that's the nearest up north, if you
1: will, to New Jersey. So it says a it, lot that Jonesy decided to interpret that question as like up north as Traverse City, which is not, with my upbringing, what I would have called to up north. Which is like, where's the backwoods part? Um, do you have well, an answer to that?
0: Delaware water gap or, or uh the Poconos. The Poconos would be I mean there you go. like sort of more north, north. But that's in Pennsylvania, so it's not in New Jersey. Doesn't matter. It right. doesn't matter. Okay. Great. Neither is Maine or uh, the Hamptons, so there's Or there. the Hamptons, I was gonna
1: say. <laughs> Even with the Hamptons, I was like, I'm gonna check the geography on that. No, no, no. Uh all right, next up is John Hubbard, but good
0: question. Uh John Hubbard asks, uh the hosts haven't belabored anything in a while. <laughs> Uh, is there anything you would like to belabor? It's not the same show without the word. Uh, I'm going to belabor my retractions,
1: John Hubbard. Do do I say belabor? Am I the one who's guilty of that? No, I think I do. I oh, think I'm okay.
0: the one. That's he, doesn't, me. he doesn't feel comfortable enough coming at me. Um, all right. Next question from John Hubbard. Plum and I are locked in on the same frequency regarding football coming back. Why is everyone like Plum on this answer? Jesus Christ. Where is he going to be on Saturdays so we can hate watch together?
1: Plum's going to be with Yali, picking up after Yali. Yali, so, Yali, action free. Actually, that sounds pretty good. Uh, the two of you get to play with the puppy. <laughs>
0: just Yeah, you just put a TV out in the backyard, socially distance watching the game. I like it.
1: Not the worst possible outcome, mm-hmm. actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Plum also makes a mean s'more, and he does it with Reese's peanut butter cups. And honestly, I'm jealous of it um tell me you're mad about that come on next up john hubbard livid it's (laughs) it's the first msu play from scrimmage of the mel tucker era and you eagerly watch on the tv full of hope for the potential of a new coach and what that brings lombardi takes a snap turns around and hands off to drum roll a jet sweep Do you laugh, cry, or hurl a rock at your TV?
1: could be worse. It could be off tackle, right?
0: (laughs) I mean, I will say uh, Georgia Tech. No, 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 not Georgia Tech. Uh, Who's the Georgia team that used to run the triple option all the time?
1: Tech,
2: right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Tech changed coaches, and they moved away from the triple option. But the first play they ran was the triple option. Uh, it's sort of an homage, you know, like,
3: uh, it, speaking,
1: it would be, it'd be funny. Speaking of homage, this was a very uh, Raymond Chains ish approach to your questioning, John Hubbard. And, and I appreciate that about you.
0: Sure. So, last up is Samantha Zill who asks Grecky, if you could pick one career that would be perfect for Jonesy, what would it be
1: and why? This man, should be selling women's shoes out there,
2: and oh it's god. obvious.
1: Oh my god, it's obvious to everyone that's ever been around you. Just imagine people are you to come in the
0: feed or something. No, please don't stop.
1: People are going to be like, Yes, cougars. Can you imagine how I mean, much I, you could separate uh, cougars from their credit cards? I've got just high four
0: star looks, so that, that makes sense, yeah. <sighs>
3: You would have
1: like strong opinions on these things. You would have, you'd be,
2: you would. Yes.
0: That, that would be the, Oh no, you don't want the Louboutins. Those are last year and they're absolutely hooker now.
1: Yes. You would have strong opinions. You'd make recommendations. Women would get one or two, uh, uh this uh, is longer than i remember. uh like they would like their friends would ask them questions like where did those come from and they'd be they'd be like I've got a guy and it's you it would oh my god it's perfect and I don't know why you've never tried it.
3: Anyway, uh
1: that's it. That is the show. So um
0: Greg, uh, before we go, I think we would all encourage people to go to vote.org to check their registration status and make sure they're registered to vote.
1: I have my Michigan uh, absentee ballot right here. Uh, I got some research to do because I got to check in on some of the down ballot uh, races as well as the other uh, ballot initiatives. And then I'm dropping that thing off at, uh, at the old city hall.
0: Love it. Great. And I think the moral of the story is, is go vote and go green.
1: Go at Michael Jones.